Welcome to Good Grief, a podcast about a 31-year-old woman. 32! Oh no. Already I'm lying to you. (laughs) What a great brand to start off with. I'm going to start this again. Hello everybody and welcome to Good Grief, a podcast about grieving in the modern world. My name is Janine, and I am a 32-year-old woman, a 32-year-old widow, who is just trying to, you know, do the damn thing. For those of you who have lost somebody, or those of you who are struggling with any sort of depression or anxiety, or just living your life, um, my job is to try and get through it with you, with some humor and a lot of carbohydrates. So let's get to it. Oh, shit. Hi. Okay, picture this. A 32-year-old woman, curvier than she'd like to admit, sitting on a mattress on the floor, no box spring or bed frame to speak of, and clothes as far as the eye can see. It's the widow's world, everybody, and I welcome you. I have been thinking about starting a podcast for a while now, and it's happening episode one of Good Grief, the podcast. I am half Italian and uh, fully hungry at all times. And about a year and four months ago, my boyfriend of nine years, my guy, my dude, Alan, died suddenly of a pulmonary embolism following a uh, knee surgery to get his left knee right, (laughs) and it got wrong. He died at 31, and I am going to start a podcast because of it. I am trying to navigate my life without him, which is hard. Let me tell you something. What they don't tell you about grief is literally everything. Nobody tells you a dang thing. I mean, they do. You get like the nice little notes that are like, grief is love with nowhere to go. I beg to differ. It goes straight to Taco Bell (laughs) all day, every day. That's where my grief goes. Uh, People say things like, you know, at least you had the love at all. To which I say, fuck yourself. Though... It is, it is a fine line constantly between gratitude and um, wanting to burn down everything you can see. So it's a tough, tricky, tricky little balance there. But all the things, like it's like a picture of a beach, like waves and horizon and then, you know, a beautiful Jack Handy font that says something like, you know, where do we heal from here? Question mark. Or something that like, like words, like buzzwords like heal, grief love, peace, heart, hurt, tears, ache, just put those in a blender and then let them come out the other side and you'll have like a postcard that people give each other to try and make each other feel better. And sometimes it's helpful when you really do feel like you're most lonely and you don't think anyone understands what you're going through. But a lot of times people do if you talk to them like people and don't use weird words that like, like nobody lives their life like a Hallmark card or a Lifetime movie. So let's just drop it. And that's what I'm attempting to do with this podcast is uh, to be real 
and honest about the feelings that I'm going through and the changes that I'm making by being a totally different person in the aftermath of losing Alan. Yeah, I just, I go through a variety of emotions, probably I would say 200 every hour, (laughs) and I'm trying to process them, and uh, I've heard tell that my processing is helping other people process their stuff, so let's all process together, okay? You, me, I really want to say Dupree. I'm not gonna, I did, I said it. It's holiday season, so Santa Claus is something to do, and I don't know any of the words, but everybody knows the song, it's the song that everybody knows. Happy holidays to you and yours. Christmas time is here, and I hate it. <coughs> also, forgive me, I have a cold, um, and so I sound like I did when I was a kid is just always permanently stuffed up. I've always sounded stuffed up. I would pick up the phone and be like, hello. (laughs) And we are just going to dive right in, ladies and gents, because it is the time of year where this shit gets dark. I'm talking about the holidays. I have celebrated Christmas. My mother is a priest. She hasn't always been a priest, but we, I was raised Episcopalian. So I celebrate Christmas and Christmas. I have never liked Christmas. Like, as a kid, that's not true. I mean, I liked Christmas, but it was never my favorite holiday at all. I grew up, my parents were divorced when I was two. And so I grew up in a split home for my whole life. Both of my parents remarried fairly quickly. My mom remarried when she, when I was five. And my dad remarried when I was like eight or nine. But because of the custody agreement that they made, I spent every Christmas with my dad. I spent the majority of the year with my mother But every other Thanksgiving, summers, and Christmas were spent with my dad. But Christmas just wasn't what it was for other kids. Like, yes, I mean, I was lucky. I got presents. I got two Christmases eventually because I would go back to my parents' house. But I just, Christmas didn't feel like that warm, fuzzy feeling. It didn't give me the joy because I didn't get to spend it with the family that I wanted to spend it with most of the time. And... I was always being constantly told that, like, I should be grateful for what I have. So it just, it just didn't really feel like that, like, is Santa here? Like, I just never really got into that. And I'm kind of miserly, like, as a human being when it comes to the holidays, which is weird because I'm just sort of, like, I love being around people all the time and I want everyone to have a wonderful experience. But when it comes to Christmas, like, when it came to, like, decorating the tree or, like, putting stuff up, I just, like, got resentful, I think, because I couldn't spend it the way that I wanted to. And as an adult... I felt, still felt that way. The first time I started to like Christmas is when I would spend it with Alan. Alan loved Christmas. When it snowed, he cried. <laughs> Not really like cried, cried, but he would like get misty eyed in the first snow of the season. Decorating the tree was a was an ordeal. Um, I would help him, if the, but he didn't want that. He had, I have never seen anybody put lights on a tree the way that he did. The only person I have seen do that more meticulously is his mother. But he would have a system. The lights got tucked into the tree, which was difficult one year when we realized that we had bought a tree that had a nest of jumping spiders in it. So when he tucked those lights back, he removed his hand and then like just spiders were jumping everywhere. It was an actual nightmare. 
the ornaments were placed. I just would put an ornament on a tree. Part of the tree is that you just like put ornaments where you want. That's like the joy of that. You just get to like willy nilly put ornaments. Oh no, 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 no. The heavier ones go at the bottom. No two ornaments that look alike can be so close on, on branches right next to each other. You gotta spread it out. It needs to look three-dimensional and beautiful and none of this like dinky like on half of a branch like tuck it in the star's the last thing to be put up don't you even think about doing it before all the other ornaments around the tree <laughs> it was a not stressful but that man he made me see christmas in a way that was both like hysterically ridiculous and also like he loved it with every fiber of his being and he loved tradition and Christmas is embedded in tradition most holidays are but Christmas especially and and the way that his family celebrated it was unlike anything I had ever seen I would go to like Catholic mass with my stepmother and and come back at midnight and like open one present and then go to bed like his family had like a Christmas Eve smorgasbord with so much food and talking and drink and they make glug which was this like Swedish mulled wine with like raisins and cinnamon and all this stuff in it and you get cozy by the fireplace and they had specific music that they listened to I mean everyone does Vince Quality Trio what up but like it was the coziest warmest loving holiday for him and when I saw it through his eyes I could see why it was such a beautiful time and now he's not here anymore and I feel like that was all a dream feel like the beautiful Christmases that I spent with him I like woke up it's like the opposite of a Christmas carol like Scrooge wakes up after this like nightmare of being a jerk and then he's like what day is it oh my god I've been wasting my time it feels like the opposite for me like I woke up and I'm like no it's not it doesn't do it for me I'm like back to the way that I used to be before I met him but even more so because not only am I resentful I'm fucking sad and I'm angry. And all this man wanted to do was put lights on a tree. Christmas also, I feel like, has a lot of nostalgia in it, right? Like, you go back to when you were a child. And grief and nostalgia are intertwined. They are one, because all I have are memories. I can't make new memories or have new experiences with Alan, so I have to go back in order to experience him, which is nostalgia. So I have nostalgia for something that can never be, not just because like, oh, how cute, member like squeeze it, but like it can never be because he's not here anymore. It is like nostalgia in its most like creepy, fucked up, painful form. But then it's also meshed into this holiday that like you're supposed to like reminisce and, and be together. And, like, Christmas songs are, like, borderline creepy anyway. Like, my favorite Christmas songs are kind of creepy. I love um, In the Bleak Midwinter. I always have. It's real dark, and I love it. You know, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is sad, like, because Christmas has that, like, sad energy to it anyway. There's some sort of vibe about it that, that gives it this, like, sad feeling. And then on top of it, I have this person who loved this holiday the most who died at 31 and will never get to experience another Christmas. And like, I almost don't want it. Like, it's like you're giving it to me. And I was like, I don't want this. I don't want this gift. If he can't have it, why do I? I don't even deserve it. I don't even like it. I don't even care about a tree or hot cocoa or a fireplace or music. He's the one who loved that aesthetic. He loved that whole vibe. And now he's not here to experience it. Fuck that. No, like, give me like a tiki bar. Like, give me the full 180 from that. Like, I'm not interested. But that's like my shit, right? So like I can sort of hold that in. And like when people are playing Christmas music in a house or like decorating Christmas cookies, like I can like, I can ride that wave, but it's 
everywhere. It's everywhere. And like, if you're not happy about it, what are you doing? Feels like the thing. And that's tough because like my Scrooge ass is certainly not happy about it. This is only my second Christmas coming up without him, which is insane that I have like a million more to go. It feels real dark. Last year was really hard, but it almost didn't feel real because it was only like four months after he died. So I was still sort of like living in this world of like, what a funny, what a funny goof he's playing. When he comes back, I'm going to be like, yo, that was really rude to leave me on Christmas. <laughs> my brain. And that was tough because I went back home to Lewisburg, which is where I used to spend the Christmases with my family before I met Alan. And it was an interim period between like after I was an adult so I could choose my own Christmases. So I would go back and spend it with the family that I you know, wanted to spend it with. But then still have that resentful, like, I don't want to really do this because I don't really get this holiday. So, like, now I'm going back to that, but I'm so changed. I'm so different. I witnessed a man who loved it more than anything, and now I don't have him. So I'm, what am I supposed to do here? And no one knows how to deal. Like, even my family, who are the dearest, sweetest people, like, they don't know. They don't know the right thing. They're, you know, especially four months after, you don't know how to handle this person trying to handle this holiday. I share. I, I'm a sharer. But there's like personal stuff when it comes to sharing pieces of me and Alan with my family, specifically with my parents that I like don't want to do. I, I don't think I never I ever really wanted to do it in the first place because, you know, it's private and weird. Not really weird, but just like, I don't know, it just felt private. But also like there's always that sense of like, are you, do you like Alan? Is like the judgment. Like I was like, there's pieces of him that I wanted to keep to myself anyway when we were dating. And now like he's not here anymore. So now I don't know, like I'm fighting, like sharing all of that so that someone else has it so that he does not die by word of mouth, you know what I mean? But like, also I want to keep it for me forever so that I have a piece of it. There's some like teenage angsty, like you don't even get us Christmas thing that I'm putting into the universe. And I was back in my childhood home, which again, the nostalgia, which like I didn't want to feel because I was already feeling it in like waves and waves and waves, drowning in it. So like, I didn't need to also be like, remember when you were 16 and you like were 50 pounds lighter and you didn't have to worry about any of this bullshit and now like your life's broken open <laughs> would you like a christmas cookie <sighs> so now we're on year two and we decided to change the game my sister who is the greatest in the universe she's 23 and she's the bomb.com <laughs> people say that right she's amazing and last year when like i was rocking my back and forth with sobs, just terrified and sad and miserable. And my parents had blown it. <laughs> like, love them to death. They're going to listen to this. But, like, they know they blew it on Christmas Day. And my sister, who could have been a lawyer, was like, okay, this is the last. We're not doing this again next year. We are not going through this. I'm not going to watch you be disappointed. So she is in Denver. She moved there with her boyfriend doing her thing. And so I'm flying out to Denver to spend Christmas with her and my parents are flying out as well. So we're going to be in a brand new city for the holidays. My parents don't actually even get in until Christmas day because my mom's a priest, as I mentioned, and has <laughs> Christmas Eve service the night before. So it's just going to be me and my sister on Christmas morning. And that has never happened before. And I'm so turned on by the new, like the new fresh experiences, things that I, it's tricky because there are things that I, when they're new and they're awesome, I'm like, oh, Alan would love this. We would love that this was happening. But then also, I can't actually gauge it because he's not here. So tradition is out because I can 
replay the memories of us doing the same exact thing, but now there's this gaping hole next to me and I can't fill it. He never went to Denver to visit her, which is depressing and sad, but so is everything else. So I might as well like be in Denver myself, new, new and can't I can't look around my sister's apartment and see him there because he's never been there. I can't remember the time that he and I would just like do our thing in her living room while she like makes cocktails. Like I can't picture that, so it's easier for me to muddle through it. I can, however, tell you like seven different instances where we were drinking Glug in his parents' house, so I can't go there. Like, I just can't go there because it's too raw and there's he's everywhere. Um, literally the ghost of Christmas past, this motherfucker, and I love him and I don't ever want him to not be around me, but, like, that's hard. So Denver it is, and my sister and I are going to make mimosas and we're going to breakfast and have coffee cake, and I'm so pumped for this experience that I know is going to also be sad, which is a weird thing to like know you're not. It's weird to know you're gonna cry and then still like, yep, I'm gonna do that. And I'm excited to do it with another person. <laughs> but I'm going to get through the other side. It's just another thing. It's another hurdle. It is a bummer that I, will, I do feel right now like I'm never gonna really love this holiday ever again. And Alan really, really made me love it. So that feels like a quick little flash in the pan, joyous moment that I once had and, and I won't really have again. Who knows? Things can change. I have hope that it's not always going to be this bad, but it's hard when you're in the thick of it and you hear like your favorite Christmas carol with him and you can't sing it with him or can't talk about it or can't watch his eyes light up because we only hear it once a year. And it's really like we back ourselves into a corner with that kind of thing because it really is like a DIY kit of misery for anybody who's grieving those holidays. It's like here's here is every single thing that is joy and love and light that you can't experience with this person that you miss more than anything in the world. Bye. Sorry if that's you, but everybody else is going to have a fabo time. Like it really just, you know, weeds out the misfits, the, the grieving widow misfits or, you know, anyone who's missing somebody. It's rough. Luckily, the Grinch has always been my favorite. So like, he's chill. I can still like watch that. And there's New Year's, which has started to become, I think the more that I think about it, the more I think it's my favorite holiday, which is weird. I mean, I always liked it because I like the idea of like being fancy and like counting down to something that like, I don't know, it just like got me excited anyway. It's the one holiday that has the sentiment of like, actually, fuck this though let's start again. And since I'm always looking for reinvention and renewal and new things and fresh takes and trying to be spontaneous and different all the time now, a new year is the biggest culmination of that. So that will be just around the corner. I'll be back in Philly for that with my favorite people. And I'll be able to give a big middle finger to 2018. Even though it wasn't the year that he died. It was my full first year without him. I didn't have him from January to December. And that sucks. That's something I'd love to say goodbye to. The holidays. This is not to say that if you love Christmas so much that you should think twice. Because other people are sad. Like, love your holidays. I love Halloween still. There's lots of joyous things about the holidays and there are reasons why it's great. Getting together with people you love is the jam. It is the reason for this literal season. I just want to do it every day. I don't need a specific time of year and a man in a red suit 
or a baby in a manger to tell me to hold the ones that I love close to me and tell them that they mean the world. I try and do that, honest to God, on a daily basis. So in that sense, every day is Christmas. When you're a widow, Hallmark, call me. I got some good ideas for cards. You can sell them for $6.99 at CVS. For me, it's just a chance to be with people that I love. And in their kind of parallel lines that we sort of ride together. Now, I feel like, um, uh, you ever play that game, uh, a cranium? And you can start on uh, the slow track and then like you can bump to the fast track. There's like two different tracks happening. I don't know. I was like 15 the last time I played that game. But I can, I'm visualizing two parallel tracks, right? And that's what happens. That's what it feels like happens when someone you love dies. And the other people around you, even though that they know this person is dead, but they didn't have the level of relationship that you did. Like I lost my partner of eight years, my best friend of 14 years. And that bumped me. Like, I popped up and over to another track, and now I'm sort of gliding along while everyone else is still speeding the way that they did, missing him, loving me, supporting me, but not understanding the day-to-day, minute-by-minute, second-to-second, nanosecond-to-nanosecond of the pain and sadness that it just requires, (laughs) that you don't want to give, but is there just in a whirling cloud, a foggy cloud all around you. So you take that track, and they take theirs, And sometimes they can line up, like on those all plays in Cranium. (laughs) And Christmas is like an all play. My track and their track are lining up because Christmas is a holiday they understand and Christmas is a holiday that I can see them. So boom, we're all here together. And then they'll go about their lives and have work and eat lunch and (laughs) get tucked into bed and say goodnight to their person and turn off the light. And I will go on my merry way, chugging along, figuring it out, crying while eating a rotisserie chicken like I did tonight. Literally stopping in my tracks because I heard that song by T.I. that's like, you can have whatever you like. And he's like, I want your body, need your body. Alan always used to sing, I want Joe Biden, need Joe Biden. And that came on the other day and I literally stopped the car, turned it off and just sobbed on the side of the road. So I'll just continue doing that And get real excited for the next all play when we'll all meet together again and we can all just love each other and support each other and be grateful for each other. That's the only way I understand the holidays because it's a time for me to reflect that like there are people there. They're just in the other lane. Sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? some recommendations or things that I'm into that have nothing to do with being sad that I, you know, want to share. First one is The Woman in the Window by A.J. Finn. Just read that book on my flight to Denver. It is dope. It is scary. Read it. Speaking of scary, Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. I don't even know why you're listening to this. Turn this off and go watch the entire thing. I lied about it not being grief-related. That is entirely grief-related, but it's really good and you should see it. Okay, but that my point is, see, even when I'm not trying to talk about being sad, I can't help it. Who wants to be my friend? Anyway, thank you for listening. Um, I want to thank the band Bad for their dope-ass song, Refresher. 
that is my intro and outro, go look at it and all the things. I'm going to put a link to it. Get it in all mediums. It's the coolest song ever. Um, and thank you for, you know, riding along this journey with me. Tell someone you love them and get some tacos. You should be sipping on some of this. Refreshing.